Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, January 4th, TH, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. In Riverside today, residents are experiencing cooler temperatures with the high reaching 57.4 degrees and the low dipping to 43.7, bringing a brisk start to this Thursday. Now turning to our major stories, former President Trump is taking his fight on ballot eligibility to the nation's highest court. The pivotal case has legal experts and lawmakers delving into the implications for the 14th Amendment. This landmark appeal could redefine the constitutional boundaries for electoral candidates. Meanwhile, a controversial gun control measure is stirring debate across California. The state's new gun law is putting the spotlight on the Second Amendment, pitting public safety concerns against individual rights to bear arms. We'll break down what this means for Californians and the national conversation on gun regulations. And in health news, a recent study suggests that reaching for your hearing aids might extend your life. Researchers reveal a surprising connection between regular use of hearing aids and increased longevity. We'll examine the science behind this finding and what it could mean for millions of people worldwide. Stay tuned as we unpack these stories and more on Alex's News. Turning to our top story of the day, former President Donald Trump has appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, striving to get his name reinstated on the Colorado and Maine ballots following a ruling linked to his role in the January 6 Capitol attack. For an in-depth look at this unprecedented legal battle, we're joined by our news reporter, Ethan. Ethan, can you tell us more about the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. We're seeing history in the making as the Supreme Court grapples with a constitutional provision that's rarely been used, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. What's at stake here is whether Trump can continue his bid for the presidency after the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that his actions on January 6 might disqualify him from holding office. And what's the crux of Trump's argument against this ruling? Trump's legal team is arguing that the 14th Amendment doesn't specifically include the presidency in its language. It mentions electors, senators, and representatives, and they're leveraging this omission to make their case. Moreover, they're insisting that January 6 wasn't an insurrection, framing Trump's actions as exercises of his free speech rights. This feels like uncharted territory for the Supreme Court. What are some possible outcomes they might reach? Indeed, it is. They have a few paths they can take. They can uphold the Colorado decision and rule that Trump is ineligible, or they could decide that he is qualified to run for the presidency. There's also a chance they could avoid a definitive stance on Section 3 by ruling on a mere technicality around the legal process used in this case. Now, considering the significance of this issue, what might be the broader implications if the Supreme Court decides to bar Trump from the ballot? The implications are enormous. Such a decision would not only affect Trump but could set a precedent for future elections, potentially inviting political use of the 14th Amendment as a tool against candidates. It's a decision that could be referenced for years, possibly decades, to come. And there are other factors at play here, such as the call for Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself? Correct. Justice Thomas is under scrutiny due to his wife's support of Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election. Plus, with the Colorado court's ruling decided by a narrow 4-3 margin, every justice's vote is under the microscope. With legal observers speculating, any insight into which way the high court might lean? Although we should never presume to predict the Supreme Court's decisions, 
some expect Trump to win due to a general judicial reluctance to limit electoral choices. However, SCOTUSblog and other sources note the gravity and potential constitutional crisis that Trump's legal team sees in the Colorado ruling. They maintain that such decisions should be political, for Congress to resolve, not state courts. This certainly is one to watch closely. How soon might we get a ruling from the court? The timing is uncertain. The court could expedite a decision or it could take until the end of their term in June. With the 2024 primaries fast approaching, the stakes couldn't be higher. And how is this likely to play out for voters in individual states? Well, Grace, the Supreme Court's decision is expected to be sweeping, affecting all 50 states, not just Colorado or Maine. As for the voters, it might shape how they view the legitimacy of candidates and the electoral process overall. Thank you, Ethan, for that comprehensive analysis on what's certainly a developing and historic story. My pleasure, Grace. Now on to our next story, we're taking a closer look at a contentious issue surrounding gun control in California. This new law has kicked up quite a storm, and to help break it all down, we've got our reporter Chloe on the line. Chloe, can you give us an overview of this recent development? Sure, Grace, California has just implemented a new law that's tightening the reins on where gun owners can carry firearms. This includes public spaces like amusement parks, museums, churches, and even zoos. Now, the twist here is this law extends even to those with a concealed carry permit, and as you can imagine, it's already facing some serious pushback in the courts. That sounds like a major shift in policy. I understand there's been a bit of a legal seesaw over this new law. Can you delve into that? Absolutely, it's been back and forth. Initially, a U.S. district judge blocked the law from taking effect, but then a federal appeals court overturned that decision. It's creating a lot of buzz about how the Supreme Court might interpret the Second Amendment, especially when considering firearms in sensitive areas. Governor Gavin Newsom has been quite vocal in supporting this law. What's his angle on all of this? Governor Newsom is strongly advocating for the safety of public spaces. He's pushing for these gun-free zones and also looking to take things a step further. Newsom has proposed amendments to the U.S. Constitution itself, focusing on additional gun control measures like raising the gun ownership age and demanding universal background checks. He's on a mission to cut down the risk of gun violence significantly. It seems that California is really at the forefront of tighter gun regulations. Are there other measures they're implementing? That's right. This law is just one of several new gun control laws in the pipeline. We're talking about background checks for buying ammunition, restricting high-capacity magazines, and even bumping up the age for carrying firearms in public. But as you can guess, these will likely come under the microscope for Second Amendment conflicts. Fascinating. And I hear it's not just gun control laws that are coming into play. What else can you tell us about the broader legal landscape in California? California is busy on multiple fronts, with new laws spanning consumer protection, criminal justice reforms, and healthcare expansions, even housing regulations. This sweeping set of laws aims to enhance the quality of life across the board, taking on a variety of issues Californians are currently facing. Now, there's this specific federal judicial ruling I'd like to unpack a bit more. It deemed it unconstitutional to prohibit guns in certain locations. Can you elaborate on that? Indeed, the case you're referring to is Carrillero v. Bonta. It's a pivotal moment where the judge declared that outright banning guns from places like playgrounds and other mentioned areas flies in the face of the Second Amendment's right to self-defense. 
though, it's worth noting that this ruling is expected to hit a wall in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, which has yet to deliver a definitive opinion. And until that happens, what's the status of the law? Well, as of now, there's an administrative stay in place. This essentially means the enforcement of certain parts of the law is on pause while the appeal process is underway. So the Ninth Circuit's final decision will be pivotal, not just for California, but it could influence the national conversation around the Second Amendment. Quite a complex and evolving situation. Thank you so much for breaking it all down for us, Chloe. My pleasure, Grace. It'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Good morning, everyone. Here are some other headlines we have for today. In an astonishing triumph for gamers everywhere, Willis Gibson, a 13-year-old from Oklahoma, has etched his name in the annals of gaming history. Known as Blue Scuddy in the gaming community, Willis became the first individual to master the classic video game Tetris, taking its challenge to level 157 and ultimately causing the system to crash. Typically seen as the eternal challenge with no definitive endpoint, Tetris has met its match in this young prodigy. After two years of dedication and a remarkable show of skill at the 2023 Classic Tetris World Championship where he finished third, Willis's innovative techniques have pushed the boundaries of what was believed possible in this iconic game. Moving on to political news, both President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump have been invoking the January 6 Capitol riot to bolster their political platforms and rally their respective supporters. President Biden sees the event as a stark reminder of the risks to democracy posed by Trump, while the former president frames the charges and legal challenges he faces as politically biased. With both figures possibly heading towards a rematch in the upcoming election, the riot remains a pivotal narrative feature in their campaigns. Overseas, tragedy struck at a memorial event in Iran for General Qasem Soleimani, the military commander who was killed in a U.S. drone strike in 2020. A series of bomb blasts at the Kerman Martyrs Cemetery claimed the lives of at least 84 individuals and injured over 210. While no one has accepted responsibility for this heinous act, Iranian officials have pointed fingers at the United States and Israel, escalating already high tensions in the region. In legal news, previously sealed documents concerning the infamous Jeffrey Epstein case have been uncovered, offering a glimpse into allegations of sexual abuse. These documents, arising from a settled civil lawsuit by one of Epstein's alleged victims against Ghislaine Maxwell, reveal names of high-profile associates though with no direct accusations of wrongdoing. The anticipation for insights into Epstein's extensive sex trafficking activities continues, but these initial disclosures offer limited new information. Lastly, tensions in Yemen take center stage as the United States urges the United Nations to take immediate action against Houthi rebels following a series of attacks on ships in the Red Sea. The U.S.-led Operation Prosperity Guardian is working to safeguard critical maritime routes through intensified patrols, but has warned of consequences if the rebels do not cease their aggressive actions. As global trade hangs in the balance with a key waterway under threat, the international community is on high alert. That's all for these headlines. Please stay tuned for more news and updates throughout the day. Turning to health news now, a significant development has been made in understanding the potential benefits of using hearing aids. 
A study detailed in the Lancet Healthy Longevity Journal presents some fascinating findings regarding hearing aids and life expectancy. To give us the full picture, we have Ethan with us, our specialist correspondent. Ethan, could you give us an overview of what this study is telling us? Certainly, Grace. Researchers from Keck Medicine of USC have made a striking discovery. By analyzing data from almost 10,000 adults, they determined that individuals with hearing loss who use hearing aids consistently had a whopping 24% lower risk of mortality compared to those who don't wear them at all. It's the most in-depth analysis up to this point, focusing on hearing loss, hearing aid usage, and the potential impact on lifespan in the U.S. That's quite an impressive figure, Ethan. Can you delve into why exactly hearing aids could be contributing to a longer lifespan? Absolutely. The thought process here is that hearing aids could be improving the user's mental health and cognition. These enhancements likely contribute to better overall health, which in turn, could be what's increasing their lifespan. But it's crucial to note that this benefit seems to hinge on regular use, as the study found occasional use doesn't seem to offer the same life-extending advantages. Interesting. What about those challenges that might prevent people from using hearing aids regularly? Great question. The study touches upon a few obstacles, such as the high cost of these devices, the stigma that some people feel while wearing them, and the difficulty in finding hearing aids that fit well and feel comfortable. Overcoming these could be key to more people reaping the benefits. What about the severity of hearing loss? How does that play into this? Well, on that point, the Washington Post also shed light on the study stating that the severity of hearing loss showed a direct correlation with a higher risk of premature death. However, regular hearing aid use seems to offset this risk significantly. So, essentially, the use of hearing aids not only helps with hearing but can also improve social connectivity and combat isolation? Precisely. And that's essential because we know social isolation is linked to an array of serious health issues and even death. Hearing aids can therefore play a critical role in improving quality of life. Quite enlightening. Ethan, could you talk about the public response to this study and any anticipated changes it might bring about? Certainly, the researchers, as reported by The Telegraph, hope their findings will prompt more people to choose to wear hearing aids. Currently, it's estimated only one in eight adults with hearing loss wears them regularly. There's hope that this could lead to larger studies and perhaps more robust insurance coverage as a medical necessity. I imagine this could also affect how we view hearing aids in terms of overall health management? Exactly. Beyond just helping with hearing, these devices have been shown to slow cognitive decline in those at risk of dementia, improve cognitive abilities, lower depression risks, enhance balance, and foster social engagement. However, it's important to address that there are still some minimal risks such as ear irritation and headaches during the adjustment period, which is why consulting with an audiologist is recommended. Ethan. Thank you for this thorough analysis of such an encouraging study. Our viewers will certainly gain a lot from understanding the broader implications of hearing aid use on health and longevity. My pleasure, Grace. It's an area of health that definitely deserves more attention, and I'm glad we could discuss it today. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity Appy and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.